Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. file on Premier. Welcome to the show which talks to Christian leaders about the topics that really matter. I'm Andy Peck. Well, and welcome to the Leadership File, Liz Goddard. Liz has been Vicar of St. James the Less since September 2010. She previously served as Associate Vicar at St. Mary's Stoke Bishop in Bristol, as a university chaplain, as tutor for ministerial formation at Wycliffe Hall, and assistant minister at St Andrew's Church in North Oxford. She leads missions, does a lot of mentoring and spiritual direction, as well as being the current chair of Awesome, a network of ordained women and evangelicals. Her first book, The Gender Agenda, co-written with Claire Hendry, was published in November 2010. So welcome, Liz, to the Leadership Farm. Thank you. So your, your journey into ordination, first of all, to get some context to, to Liz. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, that's a really interesting question. Um for a long time, I grew up in a in a home. My father was a vicar, okay. and um, it was a a wonderful home. It was a really mm. exciting home to grow up in, because uh, it was in the east end of London, mm. and uh, where we had lots of lots of people coming who were very broken. And my parents had an mm. open home, so I saw God at work all the time. Mm. Had saw uh, alcoholics and drug addicts who were complete who were healed, and just amazing things happening. But it was also a home where. My father's conservative evangelical. He mm-hmm. le- was very involved in the fight in general synod against the ordination of women. Oh, crumbs, right. So I was very clear that women couldn't be ordained, mm-hmm. so, uh, that they could do anything. He was very clear I could do anything that you know I'd been <laughs> called to, and, but I shouldn't be ordained. And so um, I went to university clear that women shouldn't be, um, shouldn't be ordained. Uh, and then at university, I was involved in the uh, Christian Union, and we were asked as, a, as the executive Christian Union to look at the whole issue of women in leadership mm. and so as an exec we did that we looked at it and I looked at the biblical passages and actually realized for myself as I read through scripture that actually I didn't agree with it mm. that actually I felt really clearly that scripture was saying the opposite um, so for me that was really important I then worked um, for uh, Tom Wright who was then mm. chaplain at one of the colleges uh, I was his research assistant and then his assistant chaplain uh, as a layperson, and whilst I was there, within two weeks of working with him as his assistant chaplain, I went home to my husband. I was then married, and said to him, "I found the shape God cut me in. This is mm. what I have to do. I know this is everything else. I thought I was going to go on and do theological research. I thought I was going to do all sorts mm. of other things, but then I just knew this is it. Well, wow. this is what I've made for. It was like putting on a glove, and it fitted absolutely perfectly. So that was that, really. And that that being the the the, the research, but also getting into Bible and teaching and. It was no. It was I, I actually dropped all the th- ideas of doing research. Everything. Okay. It was more. I just knew that I was called to be a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, well. and all of that. So, so I'd, I'd moved away from um, from all that, all mm. those things. So, in fact, actually, God took me back into teaching, yeah. and I went back into te- into being involved at a theological mm. college later, which was fascinating because I never thought mm. I would. Um, but actually, no, I knew I had to be ordained. Mm. Um, so having brought me through that whole journey yeah. of is it okay he then took me and said now it's okay mm. this is what I want you to do now was it was it a tricky conversation with your dad 
Yes. It was one of those one of those conversations where we sat and we looked at scripture together mm. and we cried together mm. and we worked through it. And at the end of it, we both said to each other, actually, we trust each other. Mm-hmm. We love each other. We trust each other. And neither of us have changed our minds. <laughs> okay. He's still where he was. I'm still where I am. <laughs> but the day I was ordained priest, uh, he wrote to me. He said, you know, I can't. He came. He said, you know, I can't be robed. I can't lay hands on you. But I promise you I will pray for you and for your ministry every day of my life. Oh, and he's done that. Mm. And that to me, that was more important than mm. him laying hands. I, his prayers are what really matter. Sure, he's a wonderful man. Oh, great! Well, great to hear. Um, so, so you serve at St James the Less, which, for those who know their London geography, is is probably the closest church building to it is yeah. to Premier Radio. Yes, mm. it's um here in Pimlico. Uh, you work alongside your husband Andrew, who serves as an associate vicar, which sounds slightly unusual. So, how did that kind of come about? What's that okay, story yeah. behind that? Well, we were married, as I said, when, mm. when I realized I had a call to, we got to grips with my call for ordination. He also had a call to ordination. Mm. And in fact, what we did was we trained together. We had two small children at the time. Gracious so right. our son was two and our daughter was five months when we started training. Mm. Uh, and so we trained with children in tow. And then we uh, job shared our curacy, uh, which was wonderful. It mm. was just great. I think we were the first couple to do that, to job share a curacy with children. And... Uh, we then went on a job shared right the way through until our children were, I think, uh, 16 and 14. So we job shared all the way through, different jobs all the way through, which was a real gift, actually, because it meant we could job share parenting as well, uh, which has been a real passion for mm. us to really make sure that we were job sharing everything and that the, our children had us there as well as that we were working together. They were different jobs. They were different things we were doing. Um, now I'm the incumbent. Uh, so it means that I'm the person who's a vicar at the church. He is licensed to the church, but he has another job. So he's uh, uh, associate director of the Kirby Lang Institute for Christian Ethics mm. in Cambridge. He's a an academic theologian uh, and an ethicist. So he does that, and then he is involved in the church in preaching and leading and mm. mentoring some of the men and things like that. Sure. Uh, and describe the church for us. It's a evangelical charismatic church. Mm. It's not enormous. It's quite a small church. It's been mm. through some rough times. And since I've been there, we've been working at sorting a lot of the stuff out, bringing it to a place of, of healing. And uh, we're just getting to the point where we're moving forward in some really exciting ways, which is great. Fantastic. And uh, and the sort of leadership you you hope to bring, you, you talked about your journey into ordination. Mm. Uh, would that, was that allied with a particular view of leadership? Yeah, I think I, I really believe that um, Jesus said, you know, he came... Uh, not to be served, but to serve. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the leadership that we're called to give mm-hmm. and to bring. And, you know, in Ephesians 4, it talks about releasing the people of God for works of ministry. And, mm-hmm. and so that's part of what, that's what I really believe it's about. And so that's how I see my role, really, is to release the people of God mm-hmm. into the experience of what it is that God has for them, into their gifts. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really what we see ourselves doing, really. That's what I mm-hmm. see myself doing, is looking at people, helping them to discover who they are in Christ, mm-hmm. First of all, who they are, who they're called to be, and then what it is that God has for them, what the gifts are he has mm. for them. And it's really exciting watching watching the Spirit heal, mm. watching him bringing them into the fullness of their knowledge of mm. who, who they are in Christ, and then releasing them into their gifts. So releasing them into, seeing people released into gifts of preaching um, and teaching, releasing them into gifts of service, releasing them into all sorts of gifts, gifts of prophecy, mm. uh, and releasing them into all sorts of things within the church and seeing people who previously thought they had no, had nothing to give at all, 
beginning to come forward and seeing the church growing because because the people of God are growing. That's mm. very exciting. Mm-hmm. Very, very exciting. Well, um, it's lovely to hear you say that. Obviously, classically, stereotypically, uh, priests and vicars have have kind of tended to do it. Yes. Uh, you know, and and people have been spectators. Yes. And and clearly that's that's uh, antithetical to what you know. It's very very different to what you're aiming to do. Very different. Yes. Now I believe that my my role is to mm. mentor and help people to mm. discover um, what it is that God has for them, so that they can just grow and grow and become mm. more and more what God has for them. Yeah. Because I don't think it, I believe in the priesthood of all believers. Mm, sure. And I believe that actually. You know, if you look at what what I said, you know, all the gift lists of the gifts, mm. they they lists for all all God's people, and therefore, you know, we have people in our church who can preach brilliantly, you know. And uh, my job is to teach them. One of the things I did when I was working at a theological college was mm. I taught people preaching mm. as well as other things, and so I'm teaching again here and helping people to learn how to do that mm. uh, and releasing them in those things. Um, and not just preaching, all sorts of things. Mm. Uh, and that's really exciting, watching mm. as people uh, who thought they had to just be pew fodder discover that actually they can get out of the pews yeah, yeah. and uh, learn how to do that and be excited by it, not just in the church but in their everyday lives as well. Mm. And mm. that's really important, discovering that they can share their faith, that they can be out there and they can be praying for people, you know, wherever they are. Mm, that's terrific. Well, uh, your, your first book, as I mentioned in the introduction, is uh, The Gender Agenda, mm-hmm. co-written with Claire Hendry. Uh, I understand in the book you, you discuss women's roles um, mm-hmm. from different perspectives. Yeah. Um, what were you hoping to do in the book? Right. Oh, that's really interesting. We um, we were asked by, well, I was asked actually mm. by IVP to write the book. Um, mm. It came as a result of, I was given two massive tomes by IVP to be a reader for. Um, and uh, they were... There were two opposing books, one on why women shouldn't be in leadership mm. uh, and all the biblical texts, and the other on why they should. And they were just oh, they were just really heavy, and mm. they just shouted at each other across a massive abyss. Right. And I wrote back to IVP and said, this is fine, but wouldn't it be nice if they talked to each other mm. and engaged mm. and showed that actually Christians can be friends still mm. Mm. whilst disagreeing on this? So then they wrote back to me and said, why don't you write it? <laughs> Find someone who you can talk to about Indeed, it. Yeah. So I then contacted Claire, who I knew through Awesome, which is um, the group for uh, evangelical ordained women that I mm. chair. In fact, I was involved in setting up and uh, with with some other wonderful women, and uh, which we've grown over the years. And Claire is our um, uh, she's a she's a permanent deacon, which means that she holds a very clear he- line on on women's headship on headship. Mm. Uh, and so she, she's involved with that. And I said to her, well, do you fancy writing this with me? And so we talked about it and we came to the conclusion it would be a great thing to do. And we wrote it as a series of emails to each other. Mm. So we go through the whole of the biblical witness, starting with Genesis, going right the way through to the end mm. of, of Scripture. Uh, and we write emails to each other all the way okay. through, looking at the passages. And our aim is really to show why Christians disagree, mm. uh, what the different views are, and to show that actually you can do that in a positive, creative way, rather than in a way that is destructive and that shouts and is mm. you know, negative, um, and that trusts each other, and that still says, actually, we still believe one gospel, we still mm. can work together, we can still you know, move forward. And so that's what we did. Mm. Oh, fantastic. And um, it's published, is it published by IVP? So it's they're, published by they're IVP, the, they're yeah. the, the people that... Yeah, you know, you went yeah. back to yeah. publish it, yeah. so you can uh, no doubt get that um, uh, 
the normal places with Christian bookshops. Yep, yeah, and, and it's available as, as an ebook as well. Yeah, fantastic. So. Well, you're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Liz Goddard. Liz is a vicar of St. James the Less uh, here in London. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Liz Goddard. Liz is the vicar of St. James the Less. She's been there since uh, September 2002. It's the, the church that's uh, closest to Premier Radio Studios here in uh, Pimlico in London uh, area. We were talking before the break of um, her, her first book, The Gender Agenda, which she co-wrote with, with Claire Hendry. Uh, Liz, if we can continue to, f- to focus a little bit on the theme of, the, of that book, The Gender yeah. Agenda, um, because clearly you know, listeners will be from vast broad spectrums of churches of course, some yeah. of whom women's are you know been comfortably in leadership from for, for decades even longer uh, others others a bit more nervous about that and and for for many in the evangelical world some of the con- 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 concerns are over particular scriptures and um and i just again we haven't got time to unpack them in in detail but what would be the one or two kind of the key um, principles, scriptures that you would be basing your understanding on, because you would say I'm I'm biblical in in being encouraging women to teach and lead, just yeah. as those in the opposition say the opposite. So, are the key scriptures that are, are kind of planks for you in the argument? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole of scripture Indeed. for me is yeah, yeah. is key. Um, I think I would go back to Genesis, right, and the fact that actually in Genesis it's absolutely clear that um when jesus when, when god created uh, man and woman he mm. created them for mutuality mm. uh, there was no um there was no hierarchy there at all no. there was no um yeah there's no authority there that the only the only time when you get um any dominance comes in it's post fall mm. and that's really important that's really important because what happens is that comes in after the fall. It comes in as a result of the fall. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, defines everything. That's really important because, therefore, when we get to um, Galatians three twenty one, 21, uh, what you're saying is that actually when it says, you know, in Christ there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male and female, it's really important because what it's saying is, they're saying, yeah, in Christ, when we have salvation, what it's saying is you get Christ is in salvation, in redemption. It takes us back to, uh, in the new creation, what Christ is doing is he's bringing us back to what how we should be living. Right. He's restoring creation mm-hmm. and creation order. And that's how we should be living. Now, obviously, there are things that have gone wrong. Obviously, we need to mm-hmm. work out how we, how we operate within that. For me, too... You'll be surprised to hear uh, 1 Timothy 2 is really important. Mm. I love 1 Timothy 2. It's one of my favorite, favorite mm. parts of the Bible. Um, and that's because it starts with um, telling uh, the people that actually women should learn. Mm. Women should be taught and they should learn. And that's because it was written to a context where women weren't taught. Mm. It's like writing to modern day Afghanistan yeah, yeah. Where, where girls are refused education. Mm. And that would have been the same there they would have been refused education. And actually to say, actually, I want women to be taught would have been revolutionary. Mm. In our context, we hear that and think, you know, Mm. actually what he's saying is shut up. No, he's not. He's saying they need to be taught. And that's absolutely, you know, I find that spine tingling. Mm -hmm. I find it so exciting. What Paul is saying is let them learn. 
let them be taught because by teaching them and giving them the chance to be taught then he sets them free in order that they can then be able to teach because what he's actually saying to them is they mustn't usurp authority they mustn't try and teach when they haven't been taught of course not none of us would want someone to teach no, who doesn't sure. who hasn't been taught that's absolutely right and absolutely proper mm-hmm. that's a, in a nutshell no, there's loads very, more i could say no absolutely very helpful and um you know the uh, the as I've, I've heard someone say, you know, the, if if Paul is prohibiting women from leading and teaching, then Paul himself didn't even do that because other parts of Scripture, he's clearly allowing women to lead yes, and teach. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, in yes. other letters and in, in the yeah. Book of Acts, we have yes, and you have Priscilla to and Aquila. You have to make exactly. Mm. You have to make sure that you hold each mm. each bit of Scripture mm-hmm. in the light of all pieces. You can't just say that those two verses, yeah. you know, have to be held separate. They don't. They have to all all mm. of Scripture has to be held together. Yeah. Great. Well, I mean, and clearly you're encouraging um, women in, in their leadership with the Awesome Group. What, what are the sort of things you do in Awesome? Right. Well, uh, we have a network of networks. So we have mm. lots of different networks across the country that mm-hmm. meet up uh, with uh, ordained women across the country. And that's across the whole evangelical spectrum. Mm. So from those, as I said, who are um, permanent deacons uh, across the more conservative through to charismatic, open mm-hmm. evangelicals, everybody. Um, we have a regular conference. Mm. Uh, which is several days a year uh, where we get together and we have teaching uh, on different different aspects of uh, ministry. Mm. Uh, we have a website. We send out e-bulletins. We're encouraging. We uh, ensure that we keep women up to date on what's going on. Mm. We've had um, events where we get together, for example, patronage boards to mm-hmm. get them to think about why women aren't being being appointed evangelical women to particular posts Mm -hmm. so there are big issues around um the fact that there are for example uh, the large um evangelical churches have very few women Mm -hmm. um appointed those so we had a large we had a a consultation and we brought all the evangelical patronage boards together Mm -hmm. and gave them did presentations got them thinking about their appointment processes all those sort of things um, I'm involved on a national level on behalf of Awesome and therefore on behalf of our members mm. with lots of work going on with them uh, on the Archbishop's um, Transformations Group, which is where he brings together the, the those who represent the different fem- women's groups mm. within the Church of England, looking at a whole range of different things, including doing research on women's ministry. Um, so we do a whole lot of different mm. things. We've been involved in discussions with Reform, which is a very conservative mm, group mm. within the Church of England, helping them, uh, helping to have discussions across uh, those boundaries mm, mm. Uh, about Scripture and how we read Scripture, how we understand each other, uh, and ensuring that conversations are always going on. Mm. So we do a lot of cross uh, cross boundary discussions, mm. and uh, yeah, so lots of different things. Mm. Well, it's, I mean, it's good to hear that. I, I understand that. I mean, to, to use the, the, the vernacular, there's the complementarians who believe. Um, you know that women shouldn't be in in headship roles, and the egalitarians. Yeah. And I understand that 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 for some egalitarians, this is it's not just an agree to differ issue. This is actually very central. In other words, this is a gospel issue, just as just as racism might be. Yes. Yeah. Um, and therefore, it's quite a lot. It's what you've described is lovely, but it it can generate an awful lot of emotional fervor. Yes. And and conviction. Yes. Yes, it can. And. Uh, one of the things that we try and do, I mean, mm. that's absolutely true. There are people, and actually, I think actually it becomes quite a gospel issue for some of the complementarians well, as well, understand, to, be, understand, yeah. to be really honest. And one of the things we are trying to do mm. is to try and hold together 
mm. and try and have conversations across on those barriers so that actually we don't tear apart. Mm, mm. And I think that's quite important. That's not to say that there aren't um, those within within our group on both ends of that spectrum, mm, actually. Mm. Um, I think there are those within our within our group for whom that is true on both ends. Mm. But what, we, what we're trying to do uh, within our group and beyond mm. is to have those conversations and trying to keep... Uh, lines of communication open, mm. as well as equipping our membership for just to get on with the job, mm. uh, and to ensure that, and to ensure that female evangelicals don't feel that they are alienated from the evangelical um, heartland. Because very often it's very easy for women who are evangelicals within the Church of England, and I think probably with outside mm. as well, to feel that they're uh, that they're alienated from their constituency. Because very there are. There are those within the evangelical constituency who will say, actually, because you wear a dog collar, mm. because you are ordained, you can't be an evangelical. Right, yeah, I understand. Yeah. And, um, and so what we do is we provide a home that is solidly there and solidly mm. says, actually, yes, you can, and you are, and it's okay, and this is how you do it. Mm. Um, and that's very important. It's very important, and we provide a voice. Mm. And actually, I think providing the voice is one of the most important things we do. You know, we provide the support, we provide equipping, but actually being a voice mm. has become a really, really significant thing that we do. Mm. And we are heard uh, and our voice is becoming more and more significant within, um, yeah, within the church more mm. widely and within our own constituency. So without going into t t the details of individuals, um, you, presumably you have people who are quite struggling, wounded, who are finding quite, things quite tough, who come to the group? Uh, yeah, yeah. There are there have been all sorts of things. Um, yeah. There are women who who do find things very hard, mm. um, and it's good to have a space where mm. people can be yeah, can find a space where they can talk, um, and that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also I think it's also a really good thing that we can that we can provide a space that channels that in mm. um, and addresses that as mm. well as supporting. I think. It's good to have a space that supports it, but it's also good to have a space where actually we can do something about it. Mm. You know, we're not just a support group. We actually do help to engage with that, which is, I think is really important. And having like-minded folk who, exactly. you know, going through the same thing just helps to reduce, reduce the burden. Massively, yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good. Um, I mean, just just as we close, I mean, I see from the church, from the website, the church has a five-year plan that you're part of. Um, I mean, I'm just wondering how the plan's going. It's, a few years underway, and you, you mm. talk encouragingly that things are starting to open up and yeah, move. Yeah, I think probably um, we're not as far on the five-year plan as we could be, mm -hmm. but that's because there were a lot of things that needed to mm. uh, be done in terms of sorting. But but it's going well, which is great. Mm. We are moving forward, and it's it's just a very exciting. Mm. Um, it's an exciting place to be. We uh, part of the five-year plan was to get our building work underway. Mm -hmm. We've started that, which is mm -hmm. really exciting. I think we've raised about £700,000, which is really, well, mm. yeah, very exciting. Lots of money from grants, which is really mm. good. And uh, which means we're now very close to the point where uh, we've got youth work. I think we hope we'll be starting in September. Quite significant. Uh, we've got a youth work trust about to, mm. about to come up and running, which is great. Mm. Um, and uh, that means a whole load of other things will start to get into place. Um, so, yes. It's very there's something very important about about planning for the future mm. and being clear about what your objectives are. And even if you then have to go back and say, actually, you know, we may have been a bit 
over enthusiastic mm. about how we're going to get there, but actually being clear about what you're aiming for uh, under God and then saying to the Lord, actually, Lord, do you want to readjust that mm. and then adjusting it together and looking at it together and constantly saying, okay, what does that look like? How's that going to work? Mm. And allowing God to take you forward and always coming back. We had a PCC away day about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, mm. and got really excited and saw how he was putting things mm. in place for it, you know, and just waiting on him and allowing God to take us forward. Very exciting. And all of us sitting down and waiting and, and seeing and just seeing the, the blocks he was putting in place for that. Mm. And that's that's very exciting. And uh, yeah, and for people who aren't used to doing that, mm. seeing God do, you know, doing those things is a it's very formative. Wonderful. I'm very exciting. Well, sadly, Liz, time has time's defeated us. But just to say, there's, I mean, people can find out about St. James of Less if they're local mm-hmm. and they're listening and they're local to, to Pimlico or the Victoria area. Yep. Uh, it's STJ. SJTL. SJTL dot org. SJTL.org. So log on to that. Uh, so lovely to chat with you. Thank you so much. And, and the Thank Awesome Network, me. if um, people mm-hmm. want to get involved with that, where would they go for the Awesome Network if they're... A leader, a women leader in a yeah, church. It's that's 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 awesome. You don't under awesome. awesome awesome.org.uk fantastic okay well you do log on to Premier's own website of course and you can listen to archive versions of the leadership file including this one in due course I look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30 thanks for tuning in You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.